You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, obviously, uh, we're going to be doing Black Panther, but uh, we have our own awards <laughs> to cover this week, and it's it's going to be a strange year. Uh, it's going to be a strange year for me. Uh, because I, as we were talking before we started, I like, I prefer to split it up. I I would love the world to be such that we got five things. Yep. Right. Uh, so just like kind of the big five things, picture, director, actor, actress, screenplay. Yep. And in a perfect world, I would love for that to be five different movies. Right. And over the years, I have uh, mostly split it up, you know, as much as I can, as, as much as it makes too, sense. You know, this yeah. time, I've only got three movies. Yeah, so, a, and uh, one of them is uh, kind of an odd pick. Yeah. Um, Good. One of those movies Good. is a little bit odd, but I would rather have five than three. <laughs> yeah. And right. Uh, it is going to be an interesting year because uh, my first entry into the awards so far that is an animated movie. Uh, wow. I've never had I've never had an animated pick before, but uh, so that's going to be that's going to be jumping in there. But obviously, uh, also we're going to try to get as fast as we can to Black Panther, and uh, I'm just going to say right now, spoiler alert, uh, that. I'm not as positive as everyone else in in the, I, in the universe I as I Black Panther. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I am going to, uh, full disclosure, I am going to say oh, uh, that we don't usually do this, but for whatever reason, yeah. it just came up that we were about to see the movie and you asked what my prediction was. Right. And because, you know, maybe that influences things or whatever. And I said my prediction was a three. <laughs> and you said I was pretty stunned that was your prediction was like five or six or something. It was or, six. Yeah. 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 I thought it would be a little um, better than average. But so, you know, just full disclosure going in that maybe that <laughs> influenced my experience with the movie or right. who knows what. But uh, for a lot of reasons. You just got to be different. That you? was, that you was can't like sort of. Everybody likes. No, everybody loves I Black can't. Panther. Biggest uh, film ever. I can't. Um, and there's, you know, we're not going to really do news because we have enough to do anyway. And there's not really, the, the there's not really a lot of news. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of TV news actually. Um, there's a lot of yeah. stuff. A lot of stuff right. coming out pretty soon. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of big things like Walking Dead. Sure. Uh, Maggie has a gig. Yeah, right. <laughs> she has a gig outside of The Walking Dead, and uh, from what I hear, she's pissed at The Walking Dead anyway, right? Uh, because they don't want to give her as much money as right. other people, right. and. She, there was apparently uh, kind of a big fight. There was like a big pilot fight over her. Really? There were, uh, I think there were like four or five different pilots That's pretty big. that were all, you know, like bidding on her, yeah, trying to, huge. trying to woo her. Yeah, she's, her. she's got one. Good. Uh, it's going to be coming. It's possible that she will return to the walking dead. Right. But. 
Uh, who who knows, yeah. right? Uh, so You're, that is a that's kind of a big deal to know going into the future of The Walking sure. Dead, right? So You're probably, maybe you covered it on the site, but I think we're the only <laughs> entertainment podcast that I've seen that hasn't talked about This Is Us in the last like two and a half, three weeks. Uh, yeah, because I hate that show. Do you hate it too? I, uh, I, I do. I so it, hate I that like, show. I it's like sickening. I had recorded... Because the day was just so weird. This is so sidetracked. But I had recorded the Super Bowl in case something had come oh, up right, missed sure. it. And I wound up because it asks, you know, this is Because it's right after. Right? And, yeah, this is a live yeah. sporting event. Do you want to extend the time? I went, yeah, extend it by an hour. Right. Just in case it goes to, you know, overtime and I missed right, the greatest right. game in the history of games. Right? right. So it recorded the This Is Us big thing yep. where everyone's dying and burning and everything. And I was like, I, you know, I'm kind of curious. I'll I just, I want to see what everybody's out, sure. messed up about. So I dropped in at the, probably the best episode for someone who doesn't give a shit. Right. And I watched it and I went, I don't care. <laughs> like, I kind of right. dig, I kind of dig uh, how mature Mandy Moore seems to be now as an actress. Sure. But I, I don't care about this show. So I just watched it and went, that's it. Right. But then I see Facebook and Twitter and Insta face and every gram and everything is like, oh my God, this is us. And I'm like, yeah, I just feel like trolling everyone now. No. So, yeah. I, we, we didn't say anything about it for TV and that was a big thing. No, it, it, it was a big thing. I watched like five episodes of that show really? like when first, it first, the yeah. first season, when it first came out in order to review it. Right. And uh, I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've watched I've watched an episode here or there in between. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe it's gotten a lot better and maybe whatever. I don't, I don't have any idea, Yeah. but it is the, it's the, it's just not for me. Right. Right. And I don't think that there's anything inherently horrible about the show. Like, Uh, this is just really written for stupid people no, or the no, acting is bad or, you know, whatever. No, just but, wasn't my but for me, man, that show is uh, like if you put that on at 11 o'clock in the afternoon, right. okay. it fit right Same in. Thing, You're not right. in any different place. It's yeah. so just over-dramatized everything that happens. It seems like- and, and, and like I said, mostly I've watched – the first five episodes, right? Right, right. And uh, I, and like I said, I've watched a couple <laughs> here and there. But this is like, uh, for some reason, I don't know what it is with audiences, yeah. I guess, and people who love shows. Yeah. But this is uh, like if you took like five different versions of Job and right. they all right. know each other and are in the same family, it's like what else can freaking happen to yeah. these people? It's right. like all these people with the like the most horrible Super lives and, and crazy karma. And, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just yeah. anyway, it's just not me. So um, enough of that crap. But things that are kind of news since yeah. it like just happened very recently. Uh, America won uh, the women's uh, hockey yeah. gold medal. And uh, it was very interesting in, in a way um, because they won in 98. Mm-hmm. Canada has won the four times since. Now America wins again playing Canada. Right. So kind of women's hockey is fairly boring if you <laughs> ask me. I mean, <laughs> you've got – I mean, yeah, you've got six, <laughs> yeah. six straight Olympics – 
Right. It, and it's the same people. It, it's the right. same people winning every time. Go North America. Canada, like four peats. Don't be in, don't be in uh, North America. There was a thing. I don't know the exact number because I don't remember the exact number. But there was a thing, you know, they were talking during the game. Yeah. And something like, you know, 18 of the 21 people on the Canadian team, but you know, play hockey for U.S. Right. colleges or whatever. Right. right. Um much like every sport. Sure. I mean, they're actually right. all yeah. from America. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like every every time they talk about somebody, here's the guy from, you know, Germany, right? right? He's lived in the U.S. for the last eight years and yeah. whatever. What? I yeah. don't know. Anyway, right. not that I'm uh, going off on that kick. But it was very cool uh, that America won, and it was a shootout, mm-hmm. which – I agree with the one announcer that I don't think it should be possible to win a in a shootout. I think you just are, you just keep having more overtimes right. until some somebody wins. I think that's a little weird, even yeah. though it worked out for me sure. as right. an, as an American, right? But still, I, I still think that's weird. But yeah. the thing that I really wanted to mention is there's this Canadian uh, on on the hockey team. Did you see this? No. So when she got her silver medal, yeah. the, and the Canadians are all crying sure. like somebody killed all their dogs, yeah. right? right. They, were, they were really unhappy. Obviously, you know, you think you're going to five-peat, whatever. <laughs> right. But there was this uh, woman on the Canadian team, and as soon as they gave her the silver medal, she took it right back off. Oh, I didn't see this. Yeah, oh, yeah. like she, she just she took it off. She be touched by silver. And, and I oh, have to say, the skin. she should not be allowed to have that. Right, no, take it right back from her. She should. They. Oh yeah. Well then, give me that back. She should not yeah. be allowed to keep that. That was. I thought that's pretty disrespectful. That was. That was horrible. Yeah. And and I am probably the world's number one person on not caring. Right. Yeah. About I the Olympics like, or who like, does what or whatever. Existed. Yeah. But when she did that, I was like. Come on. Right. I mean, that is... Well, the Olympics are also about competition. That's ugly. Real, but it's also about sportsmanship. Yeah. You know? I mean, I... Th- Not gamesmanship. I thought, I thought that was just kind of yeah. ugly. Anyway. I didn't see that. All right. So uh, we got to get to our awards because uh, we need we to move along there, before yeah. we, so we can get to Black Panther. Okay. Disaster. So our awards, as I said, uh, we're only doing picture, director, actor, actress, screenplay. And for those of you who might not know what's going on, really quickly, uh, we'll run through. These are the Are You Screening Can't Win Awards, right? And the awards are for uh, these positions, uh, these titles of awards. And our theory is to try to honor some movies, actors, you know, the whole thing, uh, that really were really good that really stood out right yeah but for whatever reason have really no chance of winning any actual award right right? no no realistic chance and uh as as you mentioned a lot of the time you got uh you got thrown for a loop on our awards last year uh when (laughs) mad max Right. Won Fury awards. Road. Fury Road was up for <laughs> when it, I went, are you shitting me? Like, you this were, is my draw. Yeah, you were thinking you had a lock, this and you were like, thing. this is the beautiful right. thing, right. and then it got nominated. And then it got nominated. This year, peop, <laughs> right. uh, it, uh, assuming that our awards became a thing right. that people thought about, <laughs> right? Right. right? 
people might have uh, people out there in the fantasy can't win award leagues, yep. right? Right. Could have easily been screwed nine ways from yeah, Sunday sure. this year because things like three billboards, shape of water, uh, shape even of water, even shape of shape water, of yeah, water was a go-to. That was when I saw it, I went director, right, picture, <laughs> right. actress, That's and then easy. and then all of a sudden it won everything. Then it starts getting on and uh, it like three billboards, a tiny indie Again, thing, really. Yeah, even right. though it had McDormand was a lock, for even that. though it had big people in it, yeah. people who'd been nominated for things before, but it's a very small indie. Like I've mentioned, it was at Tribeca when I was there last year, mm-hmm. and it oh, was yeah. at Tribeca, not at you know there's. Uh, half the movies I saw at Tribeca, you know, I could rattle them off. You'd still never heard of them. Right. <laughs> some of yeah, them, yeah. some of them got some limited play. Mm-hmm. They all had big people in it, right? There was uh, like one movie that I was, you know, middle of the road called The Dinner, um, had all big people in it. You've still never heard of it. No yeah. one's ever seen it. Right. The uh, three billboards was not at Tribeca in the sense of, hey, man. Here's here's the next movie that's going to take over the world, right? Right. It was just kind of here's this kind of kooky movie with Francis McDormand and you know whatever, and uh, and boom, it's everywhere. And uh, even even Lady Bird to a certain extent is uh, right in like the Greta Gerwig uh, wheelhouse of movies that you know get really popular but don't really necessarily take over critics and get lots of attention and then uh, and then it just exploded so on down the line there's a ton of movies that could mess you up this year trying to figure out what can't win an award (laughs) yeah seriously and and i try to i got hamstrung a bit this was the hardest year for this for me i got hamstrung a bit because even though I could have stepped outside. I tried to do the films that we saw for the show. Right. And in some right. ways, that that really limited stuff. And I'll talk about it in a little bit. But, you know, for, for things like Lady Bird, if I had put down any, any the, the writer, director, cast, any of it, I think you could have reasonably said, I think that could easily get a nomination. Right. I don't think right, it could right. win, but it's for who could get nominated. But it, it could possibly get nominated. Because sure. in the past, we started this with Looper, and in the past, it's almost always been, for me, what was the best sci-fi, fantasy, or horror film right. year. Right, because they're not going to get nominated. they're not going to often get nominated or awarded, you know. So, But this year and then they really, do. really hard. <laughs> yeah. This was really hard. It is usually, it's, it's almost as though we started this for those genre yeah, pictures right. And or really small indie things. Right. Because right. a lot of my picks will often be, uh, you know, uh, Mark Duplass can't stop making tiny <laughs> indie movies that are really good right. but don't seem to get tons of attention. And, right. and you know, I'll nominate something in that area a yeah, lot of right. the time. Well, because even though, you know, in a different world it could get nominated because right. it'd have a bunch of money behind it right. and it'd get some advertising and people would know what it <laughs> yeah, was, right? Yeah. But a lot of these indie movies. So, these would all anyway. be so much easier, too, if the Academy went back to its traditional, we're going to nominate five pictures. Because I'd be up right, down right. with Sean Baker every yeah, year. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> right. Tambourine, uh, the Florida Project. That would be the film that I was like, it's not going to crack the top five. Right. Not in a right. year where Spielberg makes one or two and everybody else is in there. But now that you've got but now that it's 10 ish, you know, things right? get I mean, nominated. Gonna, it's harder yeah. to. So the, the line of elasticity and believability in my nominations has stretched a bit. 
not just because Fury Road got in there and the Shape of Water's there this year, but conventionally these things just don't. don't right. Get it. But, right. Yeah, so uh, it was. does actually have to be something that wasn't nominated, though. Right. right. <laughs> Even if. And sometimes, and like this year, I have backups because I'm like, I don't think this was nominated, but if I forgot, you'll remind me, and I'm like, well, okay, this is my next one. Right. You know, right. Because there were so many things that just surprised me and slid around a bit that i mean i don't know how much trouble you had um with it this year maybe you know maybe it was i didn't easy. really it, it was i didn't hard. really have a lot of trouble it was hard uh, for me it was really i was hard. pretty good uh <laughs> and it was hold, hard hold on e- either way like for me looking at the list of films to pick from it was either awesome films that got nominated right. or or could get nominated and just didn't or crap right. that wasn't good enough to notice. There's no middle ground on my list this year. Like seriously, even the ones that were middle ground, like I'm going to tip my hand a little, though I don't think this should surprise you. Like for best actress, I was looking at some of the best films that, you know, had strong female representation and I'm like, well, there's Wonder Woman, but Gal Gadot wasn't astounding to me. She was fine, right. but not best. Right. Like, I don't think that's worthy. And then the next thing below it was like Alien Covenant. And I'm like, well, that movie sucked. There's no there's no <laughs> right. sixes or sevens for me. It's either right. like eight or nines or twos and threes. Right. That made it hard. That made it really difficult. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, jump in and we'll start. We'll go backwards uh, right. just because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Right. Uh, and we'll start with screenplay, right, and uh, we will decide that screenplay is the lowest, the lowest of the low. No one likes form of thing. All right, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my pick for screenplay is very weird. All right, um, especially since there were a lot of things, and I'll tell you, this is one screenplay is one that is uh, almost always. Uh, I have the same problem where um, I I wish that I could pick. Uh, Sacred Deer, right? Except that it got nominated. I, I know. I had the, I had the Sacred Deer on my radar, and I'm like, son of a bitch. And you're like, what? It's gone. Yep. So yeah, and uh, it's <laughs> yeah. awesome that it got nominated. But anyway, uh, my screenplay pick uh, this year is Leap, the animated movie. Oh, interesting. And mm-hmm. and the the reasoning behind it, right, is that right. I picked about twenty movies. That I thought uh, the major- none of these movies can get nominated mm-hmm. or or are have any legitimate sort of shot at getting right. nominated for anything because right. they're just outside, right? They're just outside the yeah the window, right? And leap you would could say that could get nominated for best animated picture, but n- no, no. <laughs> And <laughs> right, no. And I guess you know, even if it did, it's not going to get nominated for screenplay anyway. Right. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's I, really. I picked rare. like a group of movies. Yeah. That I thought I really liked all these movies, or I really that I really remember liking. You know, like let's say the director mm-hmm. or the direction of the movie or whatever. Right. Uh, and when I then looked at all those movies of that pile that I made, right. Uh, as far as looking at a screenplay specifically, right. I thought, you know what? I really loved the screenplay of that movie, yeah. even more <laughs> than I liked the movie. Right, right. The movie actually had a few weird things in it. <laughs> and and there was actually um, 
there was a little bit of the movie where it's kind of like a cultural thing, right? Is it's a French and French Canadian movie, yeah, and it it was made by people in France and French Canadian really people weird. in Canada, right? And there's kind of a there's a little bit of a thing there that's uh, kind of weird if you watch it, where it's like a cultural storytelling, you know, difference. Yep. I guess whatever. Uh, but I really liked the screenplay. I really liked uh, where this movie kind of allowed itself to go from sort of like a feminist perspective, right? Um, she doesn't actually end up with a guy. She, right, <laughs> she right. doesn't even try to. And, uh, you know, no guy comes and fixes her problems for her. Or, you know, all this, you know, kind of goofy stuff that yeah. you're used to seeing. But also I just really liked how, you know, it's sort of like ballet karate kid, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and she does like the little Miyagi crazy things with the learning how to be in the ballet and sure. stuff. Um, but I liked how it went all the way through with the main character. And I thought it, I thought it was a really good screenplay. I yeah. thought it was a really – like self-aware screenplay, like really thought about what it was doing and how it was getting places and not just like, cool. well, here's That's the formula, yeah. right? Here, This is what happens now because the formula says so. <clears throat> right. Sometimes some weird things would happen and you would go, why is that happening? <laughs> right. Because yeah. the formula dictates that that does not happen. Yeah. But they, but you know, the people writing the screenplay said, but I want this to happen and I want this to happen to her and I want her to have this reaction to it and, right. you know, stuff like that. And I thought it was a really, yeah. really solid screenplay. That's so. interesting. So that's my pick. Um, mine, I have a little bit of bias in this, but I actually chose it not biased at all. My, my choice for screenplay was it. And it, Oh, you're it, totally biased. It to me was impressive because I know it to me was impressive because the book is like just under 1,200 pages. You know, it's over a thousand pages, and to make to make a film that has so many characters doing so many things with so many backstories, and to keep things moving forward and lively and not flat, I thought that was actually pretty high on the degree of difficulty. Even if the movie is just a hair over two hours long, right? Um, Which so is for, rough. So for, for the that, screenplay, right? And so for that. To, to encapsulate everything that was in there um, the way that it did and as an effective measure to get the story moving forward. That that was the reason I chose it. I yeah. had a backup if anybody called yeah, to follow I, on that. You know, I, I, I like that. I, I can see it, and I guess there's a chance that it might have got nominated for something. But yeah. even if it did, I, I doubt, think it would be I, visual I doubt stuff. it's going to be screenplay. Yeah, and I don't right? think it would ever get like directors, even though the film before no. Black Panther was like the big surprise smash. And But so anyway, that's, but, that's uh, where I was at. You know, also I think as far as screenplay now, I have to admit that I read it a million years ago. Right. Right. And I've never read it since. Yeah. And uh, horror is not my thing anyway. Yeah. Like things that are actually trying to be kind of scary, Ugh. like I'm not interested. They work less. That, yeah. that, it's not my thing. Right. Uh, to read a scary book. But uh, but I am, you know, a pretty big Stephen King fan. Yeah. As soon as he's writing anything that's not trying to be horror, scary. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Everything else Shawshank, I, I really Green like. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mercedes I, stuff. Yeah. I really like... Um, Unfortunately, for my movie critic side, I right. really like the Dark Tower series. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, ouch, that hurts. But it, but anyway, um, I 
I read it a million years ago. And so obviously I'm not the person to say it's all really fresh in my mind. And I know yeah. exactly what the book is like. Yeah. But I felt like the movie, I, I didn't love the movie like it was the next greatest thing ever. But I thought the movie was really good. But I thought actually the screenplay maybe kind of improved on the book yeah. for certain things like uh, kind of getting into the kids. Uh, yeah. more. I yeah. thought that the screenplay was really effective yeah. in uh, showing off the kids, uh, giving them some like serious development. Right. And I don't remember being the book being as strong at that. And maybe I'm just wrong. No, no. I don't I, remember. I reread uh, the book before we saw the film and it, it does all the stuff in the story, but it just takes forever to do it because there's so much backstory. Like right, you really right. learn everything about them and then you put them in the situation. The film, the screenplay abbreviates that, kind of summarizes it, but not cliff notes it. Just kind of like gives you the hints, the touchstones that if you've ever lived life, you, you right, know. Right, like, sure. So, and then it did it and it moved it forward much quicker than the book. But right. So anyway, that was... That was my screenplay. So, cool. all right. So, uh, next is actress, uh, actor. Oh, you want to do actor? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's the PC way they do it now at the is awards it? shows. Is yeah, actor comes first. Okay. Because um, actor is not as cool. That's true. That's what that's they, true. That's how it works. For me, I, I actually I, I came so close to putting Colin Farrell down, partially because of one film, but totally because of two films. I watched him in The Beguiled. And in Killing of the Sacred Deer, back to back. Yeah, yeah. And those were so totally different and interesting and engaging things. Colin Farrell has, even though he's not my nomination, I'm going to give him a quick plug. He's become an actor who I always wanted him to be when he was doing things like SWAT. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the sci-fi films and just these throwaway films. I was like, man, you've got such potential. You just got to... I guess it wasn't just grabbing it. I guess he just grew into it. He, he like a guy he in his forties. He's he's awesome. He in reminds 30s, me in a weird way of uh, <clears throat> like Adam Sandler. Yeah, like when Adam Sandler is doing stuff that is good, Man, he you're is like, so good. You're like, hey, he's actually good at that. And yeah. then he does all these, you know, horrible things, things, and you're like, what the hell? Right, and Colin right. Farrell's the same way. If yeah. he's in something that's super actiony. Yeah, right. Like like I, minority I, just, report. I just don't really care. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, he's there. He's good enough, I guess, right. whatever. <clears throat> yeah. But I want people in those roles yeah. that can't do the other things that right. he can do. And he can, he do, can do lots of things. And not yeah. only just killing of the sacred deer, but in the lobster, the last one. I loved him in the he lobster. He was so good and in he, that. Anybody, and it's such a crazy thing to is. even even think of theoretically how are you good at this right if somebody <laughs> ever said a bad word about him as an actor like that guy doesn't have any talent he's just good looking i'd be like to hell with you watch the lobster right tell me that after so anyway all of that to say i didn't pick him right sure i wound up picking hugh jackman and and i picked hugh jackman for logan oh yeah. because when i was looking at my list of stuff i can tell this really took your breath away you're like oh yeah, yeah. when i was looking at my list of but stuff, logan got nominated Hugh Jackman didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I, I thought his performance in that was also one in some strange way that he couldn't have done if he hadn't been playing this character for almost two decades. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is it is a perfect perfect encapsulation of the weariness of being this guy. Not that he's tired of it, but like he's earned the ability to play him like this and who better to do it than him. Right. And when I looked back over all the films that I had either loved or found something really amazing in them. <clears throat> and I saw how high you and I both rated Logan. We both gave it like nine, nine and a half. Yeah. 
I'm like, you know, there's a reason for that. And and that is performance, the story, like all these other things that had happened. I, I really dug Logan. And yeah. most of it was because of Hugh Jackman. And he was really good in it. And like you said, um, it's because kind of he he's earned it, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't make this movie if it wasn't for the fact that we had seen him be right. Wolverine <laughs> for a long time. Right. Like you just couldn't make this movie and just like start here. Put somebody and have somebody. Put Doug Ray Scott in. Somebody else. uh, You're supposed to be Wolverine. Now you do it. And you know, I'll tell you, Hugh Jackman is a weird thing in in Wolverine too because uh, I was just looking over this because I was talking with somebody about him and being Wolverine and the whole thing. Yeah. And it surprised me a lot to look at Hugh Jackman's career. And all his uh, everything he's done on like IMDb, go look at the list of things yeah. and look at what he did before he was ever first Wolverine. Right, and you're like, you think of it now, and you go, Hugh Jackman, the big star, is right. Wolverine. Right, right. And you go look at what he did, and you're like, oh my god, he hardly did anything before right. Wolverine. I didn't remember the world existing in that way. That's right. not, like not yeah. how I remember it. Right, even though that's how it is. That's how it is. But I like didn't remember it. I. I feel like I remembered right. when he first was in it that I knew who he was. Right. And I'm like, no, nope. but ma- apparently yeah, I no. didn't. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, anyway, so my actor, I picked Ben Stiller in uh, Brad's status. Oh, okay. Uh, and Ben Stiller yeah. is Ben Stiller is another guy who that makes sense. That who is get- oddly right. Yeah. In that same category, except he doesn't make the other movies that you don't like. Right. Right. <laughs> he only makes the. He, yeah. He, I, I he's grown into a I guy that does I don't remember not liking him. Yeah. I remember him being in a couple of movies where I thought, eh, I kind of feel like maybe he's phoning it in a little mm-hmm. in this movie. Right. But I don't remember him being in movies where I thought, eh, you know, he should do other movies. Right. Or, right. you know, I don't like him in this kind of movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Brad Status is a really cool indie goofy movie about uh, he's the dad. He's taking his kid to like visit colleges Mm -hmm. and he's kind of, you know, seeing himself as a different age and then also trying to kind of connect more with his son who's old and. You know, you remember when you went to college and you didn't care about your parents anymore. Right. Because that's right. what that's, that's what, what that age that's is, what is, right? Yeah. That age is I don't want to hang out with my dad. Man, what a one two punch <laughs> and of then, him and the Meyerwitz stories then. Like, and then yeah. Because yeah. then it's just him being the other side. Like I don't want to <laughs> hang out with my dad. Right. Like, yeah. Right. That's so weird. Um, but he is so good in it. Huh. And uh, I feel like I say this so often, mm-hmm. right, when I'm trying to talk about acting uh, or I talk about an actor who I thought was really good. But there are – he does – one of the best things and the reason that I definitely uh, had him locked in on this movie is that he does so many different things in this movie. Yeah. He he has like a wide range of things he has to do in this movie and he does them all so well. Um, but the one thing that I say all the time, and I specifically remember, like I said this in Mr. Holmes uh, with um, Ian McKellen. Yeah. There are some times in this movie where Ben Stiller basically does nothing. Right. And 
and it's like you can see exactly what it says in the script or right. you know you can see exactly Waits like boss, what the director you know. told him yeah. or what it is and he you get like you know you've got like 5 pages worth of story in like 10 seconds mm-hmm. of him doing nothing right. Acts and around he does everybody it yeah. so that's awesome so well it's great yeah, so that's anyway really cool. that's uh that's my pick for actor okay okay uh my pick for actress yeah. is uh, Jenny Slate in Landline. Yeah. Um, and that is basically the follow-up, except not, <laughs> right? <laughs> in theory. But. Uh, to the previous movie, uh, o- The Obvious Child. She was yeah. in the uh, movie Obvious Child, which got like a lot of kind of almost like cult indie attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same director. It's also Jenny Slate, you know, and there are a lot of people in that movie. Um, right. And Landline is, uh, it's Jay Duplass, uh, John Turturro, Edie Falco, and um, and like I said, the same director. Um, and Jenny Slate is just weirdly good mm. in Obvious Child and in this. And in both of them, she plays an a difficult character in the sense that you're only supposed to like her, you know, X. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. you're not supposed to like her more than that. Like yeah. if, if you like right. her more than that, it's gone wrong. You're right. <laughs> if she can't get you to like her that much, it's gone wrong. Yeah. But she you need to like her like exactly <laughs> at this right. level. Yeah. And that is really hard, that is hard to, to pull do. off. That's right? really hard. Uh, if you if if you're supposed to play a character that everyone, you know, if they love you like crazy, mm-hmm. fine. That works, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, or if they're supposed to hate you or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if they're supposed to like you, right. but only so much, yeah, that is a tricky thing to pull off. And uh in this movie especially uh, she's surrounded by kind of irritating people and she's kind of irritating. And yet they're, <laughs> but they're all, they're irritating. Like, you know, in your group of friends, half of them are kind of irritating mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. I mean, they're not, right. they're not right. horrible, irritating. They're just like, uh, right. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but she is just so weirdly solid yeah, as an actress. Cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, that's cool. And she has, a weird ability. She's really good. Like all really, really great actresses, uh, not just the ones who win all the awards. Right. But, right. <laughs> but right. really, really great actresses. She has this weird ability to make every movie that she's in. You feel like it's just her own life story. Right. Like she, like it's just really her. Yeah. No matter what it is. Like right. she's Doesn't just matter. doing, yeah. like when you see a movie that really is, it's it, just somebody wrote their own story yep. and now they made a movie of it and they're right. acting in it. Yeah. Whatever. Like every time I see her, I'm like, oh, this didn't actually happen to her. Right. Like <laughs> right. She, just she just owns sucks it. You yeah, that's into cool. being that person. Yeah, it's that's weird. Being, that's interesting. Anyway. So that's my actress. I can't, you know, just to catch up real quick, just because we just started talking about it, I almost put down Dustin Hoffman in the Meyerwitz stories for actor. Oh, I came yeah, real yeah. close, but I thought he's Dustin Hoffman. He could he's get, he's he Meryl Streep. He, he gets nominated anything, for anything. Right, so. Sure. Uh, actress for me, it, it, look, just real quick, I had a I had a list of things here. That it's very small. Wonder Woman, Atomic Blonde, It, The Beguiled, and Molly's Game, which were my considerations like these are the right, best right. films that are around or about or had strong women in them and none of those really came into play even though i had um i really liked elizabeth olsen in wind river 
Oh, really, yeah, yeah. I really yeah. liked that. And that might have been my backup. But I doubled down. I went I went with Rosamund Pike and Hostiles. Because oh, yeah, I thought yeah. I thought, sure, there's a small chance, but the category is so small, it's not like picture, it's only five. I don't think in a normal year where there's an indie, there's a you know, a big thing, there's the Meryl Streep or the Julia Roberts film. Like I don't think she'd get it, but I would concede that that might have to be, you know, Yeah, argued. she was actually nominated. Was she? Yeah. For for Oscars? Uh-huh. No. Oh, well, no, not, uh, I don't know about the I mean, Oscars. I, SAG, Golden Globe. I, I don't know I what mean, the Oscars are. No, I mean, she was, uh, she was nominated for supporting actress for that role <clears throat> for both the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice. I, I only think of the Oscars. I think like if you can get it, not to distract. Uh, not to I, I, she might've been for the Oscars. I don't, I don't know. My backup uh, is Elizabeth Olsen. Then. Yeah. But anyway. I didn't see it, but I, I thought Rosamund Pike was so good and so effective in everything she did in the film. And she had a lot of hard stuff to do. And yeah, I, when we reviewed the movie, I, I remember mentioning her, not only was she good, but she's good in something, you know, not to take anything away from the movie. Cause I like the movie, right? Mm-hmm. But she is really good in a role that's goofy, especially yeah. at the beginning of it. Right. If you have the wrong person right. trying to do uh, you know, not counting the very beginning when we see her, but when no, but when, when the guys first show up yeah, and she's uh, sitting in the house by herself, yep. uh, that part for like the next 20 minutes yep. that we see her, <clears throat> if you have the wrong person doing that, the whole movie is horrible. Yeah, the whole right. movie is destroyed. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, objectively goofy thing. Yeah. And she's got to make it real and believable Mm -hmm. and something that you care about. And the wrong actress will just have you like rolling your eyes right, and and right. not caring at all and and so easily yeah um, and and well, I mean I mean like a lot of good actresses yeah a, yeah. a lot no, of it, that was, it's just yeah. it's an insanely hard thing to do and she does it I awesome. came close to thinking of like Shirley's Throne for Atomic Blonde but though we liked the film I didn't think what she did was. I didn't outstanding. Love she's good her, in it, and she's good in it because but she I did, did the scenes. I did. I did really I like her. Yeah, I didn't love her. And the weird thing is, is that uh, I I have a real love hate relationship with her. No, I know. In, in movies, I know. Uh, when she's good in something, I think I think she's great. Yeah, but she will also be in things where I it, like if I had never seen anything else. But right. that I would say, no one ever hire her new, again. New like career, yeah. <laughs> you right. know. Right. Anyway, uh, so that was my actress. All right. So director, director. Uh, man, I so wanted to do uh, Yorgos Lanthimos for Killing the Sacred Deer, but in my mind, there's no legitimate way that right, that could right. not sneak in a nomination. Uh, so I I chose Chad Stileski for John Wick Two. Which nice. sounds so nice. fun and weird, but I love, we did. I remember looking at the, the rating. We loved that film. And I think the majority of that is the style and the direction. Like, the, I thought I, that was so I well think, done. I think that uh, that's a great film. You know, that was so, so much fun. Following up a great film. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it depending on how any particular person thinks about rating movies, right? I feel like if a sequel is anywhere near as good as the first one or is better than the first one. Right. That's like a couple of stars out of 10 right there just right. for uh, yeah. being able to do a sequel well yeah. because uh, it's so hard. But it's a great movie that follows up a great movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like the end 
I, I did yeah, not I'm, like I know. I know. like maybe the last half hour of yeah. the movie seems so dedicated to just <laughs> preparing the way for the next movie. I agree. That I feel like it lets a lot of other things slide. Like it doesn't care how good it is anymore. It right. just says we have to do these this. things, you know, whatever. But I think you have to give a lot of credit in that movie to the direction. It is a really well-directed movie. There, there's a thing about like when we saw the second Jack Reacher film, and I love yeah, yeah. the first one. And I thought going in, if they just do what they did the first time, I'm still okay with that. It doesn't have to be right. earth-shattering. And it was so bad. And they didn't. <laughs> it was so bad. Every bad decision that made the first film so great was absent, uh, was present rather. I love John Wick so surprisingly much. It's just a blood fest. It's right, a shootout. Right. And it was so much fun. And I thought, okay, I know what I'm getting. I know the world. Right. How are you going to make that any more fun? This is going to be like Prometheus or Covenant <laughs> or some, or John Wick 2, you know, uh, or, you know, Jack, Jack Reacher 2. Right, right. And when it happens and I'm surprised and I'm loving it and I liked the end quarter a little bit more than you did, I, I was pretty stunned you know i was like that was a hell of a great investment of two hours especially yep. when i knew what i was getting and didn't think i could get it again right you know and i think chad takes a lot of the credit right. for that it, so. it was a hard movie to watch in a in a way um because like jack like jack reacher is funny it, the the comparison of those two uh, right. those four movies right yeah uh is really weird because both first movies i would almost put fairly equal uh, I, yeah, I, I really liked both those I love first Jack movies, Reacher's right? Film and the first Wick is great. Yep, and and the second one, when you're watching Jack Reacher, it's bad, uh, but it's <laughs> but it's not hard to watch, right? Because right. the badness is like right out of the gates. They're like, <laughs> look, this is going to be bad. Yeah, and then you're watching the whole rest of the movie, and you go, well, I mean, it's bad, so right. whatever. Right. Uh, John Wick too, though it starts out good, and you go, oh crap. Right, it can only go downhill now, and <laughs> you, it kind of keeps going up. You go, yeah, right? Yeah, you go. In a, in a minute, it's going to turn awful, and now, <laughs> right. and then you're like scared uh -huh. while you're watching it yeah. the whole rest of the movie that it's going to fall apart. So, anyway, anyway, all right, your director. Uh, my director is uh, Jillian Robespierre of Landline. Yeah. So that's just the same movie, so I don't have to keep right. talking about it. Yeah. Um, but that also is a movie that I feel like is in a very similar world to Lady Bird and looking at Greta Gerwig directing that, right. which I thought she did a completely amazing job. Yeah. And in the same sense of feeling like that movie is so well-directed, um, Landline is in sort of the same world because there is so much, I wouldn't say that it is probably maybe as good as I thought Lady Bird uh, was. But that movie, you, you're watching that movie and you always know why you're watching what you're watching. Yeah. You always know, and it's really impressive because uh, John Turturro is one of the best actors alive. Right, yeah. And you know that he's, you can almost like see the behind the scenes movie happening at the same time that you're watching the movie yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. weird way. Right. Uh, because you can see the way in which he is directed and the scene is directed and what she's doing and trying to get. And then she gets it right. <laughs> and, right. and it actually happens. And it, so anyway, it's a uh, really well directed. And I'll tell you in a few years, 
uh, we're gonna, I think, know her right like the same way that we know Greta, Greta Gerwig, Gerwig now. Yeah, that's cool. So anyway, that's mine. So okay. am I supposed to do picture? Then My you, picture, picture is landline. Landline. I was just gonna say. <laughs> I'm. I'm guessing it. I already point. said that it was the same three. Yeah. So. Right. right. That's cool. I, I. I haven't seen that yet. I gotta check that out. Um. My my picture is totally different than yours. It's Logan. When, uh, when I looked yeah. back over everything and saw what was the highest rated film that has no chance of winning an Oscar, it, it, that's easy. It, it had to be Ugh. probably Logan. I don't know. If you're just going to say Oscar, it was nominated for Best Picture. I can't. <laughs> it, here's the problem. Here's the problem for me. When, when we do this, I think of the Oscars because for me, the Oscars are the bigger of them all, arguably. If I start opening the door to Golden Globes, SAG, Razzies, like you open the door to one. I feel like if you open the door to one, you have to open the door to two. SAG and Golden Globes. And if I do that, then I'm going to do the door to everything. I keep the door for the Oscars. And then then you have to, for me, you have to open the door to, you know, Bob's movie world. Then, you know, Boo Moose yearly picks. And, you know, I, I keep it to the Oscars because the Oscars are the one that the majority of people watch. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's, that's it. That was the best picture. And I thought, and I thought because it was not just a really well done superhero film, but it was a thoughtful, engaging, kind of realistic um, portrayal of a potential future that that character would have to live in. And I thought it was really effective on on pretty much all accounts that it had, except uh, for me, I had the same kind of feeling with Logan that you had with John Wick the last like twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah, I I, I did but, too, and I I really liked Logan, but I did too, and we we're not gonna have it time to review the movie. But no, not really. Uh, no, <laughs> that's okay because I can talk about. But I can no, actually talk about this for a second. Like, uh, well, go ahead. Well, yeah, I I kind of had the same thing too. Like the last fifteen minutes of it. Yeah. I was like, eh, I'd really like that to happen yeah. to just go a slightly different way. And it, and what's weird about it for me, what was weird about it for me watching that movie is a lot of times the end of the movie, like the last 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is that happens, you might say that could have been better and it'd be a better movie. Yeah. Right. But in this one, uh, some, you could do things a little differently. And I think, you'd both have a better movie, but also you'd be creating a different world. Yeah, you, you would right. you would be in a different world at the end of the movie, and I think a better one, and the movie would be better too. Yeah. <laughs> so this it's is, like you know, all bets are off. If you want to rush to Black, to Black Panther, we can. But I, you know, there was a weird thing about this, you know, again, that I mentioned earlier. Any other year, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, um, The Florida Project, I feel like my list would have been up and down just these these right, things. Right. It's just such a weirdly difficult year, especially with everybody. Every single time I was curious, I looked up like, what are the weirdly underappreciated films of the year? And everyone's right. like, Wonder Woman. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's no. not what I mean. You know, yeah. and even even if I argued things that I liked much more than you, like Molly's Game, there was a moment where I entertained just the look on your face of me saying, I hate Jessica Chastain, but I'm giving it to her for actress because I loved right. her in Molly's Game. It's not enough because I don't believe it was good enough to best even the things that I had on my right, list. Right. You know, it's just such a weird year. I, yeah. I didn't. I had a lot of difficulty with it. All right. So there's the awards. Uh, let's do Black Panther. Okay. We'll go, <laughs> we can we'll do Black Panther short. quick. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, well, you I don't can. Know why. You well, know, especially because. You defend it too. Especially because it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, right. I mean, everyone's, right. everyone's seen, seen it already. Everyone's seen it anyway. 
Uh, everyone's seen it. Everyone's going to see it. Uh, so I Actually, will, I, uh, I'm down. not going to like explain the movie or anything, no. but, uh, I'm going to jump out with my ratings and I'm going to say, uh, there's like a very strange way in which, uh, I kind of feel like I have two ratings for the movie, okay. even, even though that's weird. Uh, so I, I think I, I have to say if I, if I try to distance myself <laughs> from a lot of things that I didn't like about the movie, okay, in, in a way, then I think the movie is like a six, okay. But since I can't, <laughs> right, and you li- you disliked a lot, uh, then uh, I'm sticking with my three prediction. Yeah, uh, I, I, I had you at I'm, four. Uh, I'm oh. still I'm still giving it a three, and yeah. uh, we'll get into that. As soon as you say what your rating is, but yeah. well, I had well, I figured you might have liked it just a little bit more. It's funny when you when I look at this, it sounds and it looks it looks closer than it sounds. I wound up giving it a six and a half, and I thought that was a really liberal six and a half. I liked it, but I didn't come close to loving it. And I think, you know, in some ways, the worst parts about Black Panther are actually Black Panther. You know, the most interesting stuff for me in the film is when you put any two and sometimes three, but mostly any two characters surrounded by others, because there's very rarely just a one-on-one scene in the film, but any two characters who have a conflict, put them in a room, and that's when the movie's really interesting to me. Whether it's Chadwick Boseman with Michael B. Jordan, which actually was the weakest of all of them, but him with his his sister, the other tribe leaders, right, you know, right. society, all of these things when, and it's not just him, when, you know, one of the things that I really liked about the film is uh, the interesting portrayal of like all, all the strong women in the film, whether they're scientists or sure. queens or warriors. Or Q. Or, you know, Q, you know. And and when you put them in in a place, not because they're fighting like, inherent institutional sexism but like against themselves like one of the one of my favorite scenes is when things start to go bad and his sister runs up to deny and is like you got to come with us and she's like i i go with the throne like i'm not going anywhere and i'm pretty close to cutting you down for the treason you know i'm like this is a great moment more of those moments would have been interesting and exciting to me than the kind of stereotypical stuff that even though it's in every film I like it better when it's in certain films than I do every film. Yeah. I'm there, not sold There was a on. whole lot. The The reason that I say, you know, the six. Yeah. Um, because is, is, it still can't get any better than that is really everything that happens is, you know, just right from the mold. It's all yeah. <clears throat> uh, the, the screenplay of the movie is so right it's like mad libs make a comic book movie right. fill in this for this right this is what happened it's all just uh so paint by numbers of a story yeah even if you take uh you know make a little like twist to some of the things or whatever but it's still everything that happens there was so much of it that i was bored were you yeah. and in the movie for me the more it tries to have action the more bored I was. Yeah. And most of it is very Michael Bay for me in the sense that it just keeps happening too long. Yeah. Everything that's action-y just keeps going and going. And, right. and uh, 
and basically everyone's invincible again. And, yeah. you know, there's so much of that where uh, they have to specifically have a part in the movie where he has to de-invincible himself right. in order to whatever. Humanize himself, really, um, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, my problem with the movie, uh, but it, but it's fun enough. Um, I, did, I just didn't think that it had anything that separated itself from anything because it was trying so hard to be paint by number mm. while – making a lot of statements yeah that it still it didn't come together into did a the story hype, did the hype push you away like did the incredible hype like kind of push I don't you down think and be so like, i yeah. just I, I don't think i was you were more super curious interested. i was curious I'm i like, wasn't really interested you know? in black panther yeah. uh, going in but yeah. but for me the problem with the movie uh really that pushed me down to three is that uh I'm kind of offended by the movie. Like I'm offended for black people yeah. by this movie. Uh, there was a lot of stuff in this movie. I don't know why people are so in love with this as like a whole cultural thing. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of it that I thought was horrible. I was like uncomfortable and like it embarrassed you, like, by the movie. Well, because it's, I mean, got, it's not blackface, but like you were cringing no, but like as it's if it such were. a weird like white splaining blackness and black mm -hmm. culture and uh, crazy. You know, there's uh, we have the super technologically advanced race basically right. of separated black people from all the other black people that right. have been separated for thousands of years and everything. And, uh, you know, they fly around in cars, but they still have the vast majority of their population living in a slum. Right. It, it makes it look like, right. The reason that poor people in Africa live in slums is like by choice. Right. Because even if, even if we gave them infinite money right. and infinite technological advances, that's what they would choose to do. Right. And I'm like, what is that? And if we took a race of black people and for thousands of years had them be more technically technologically advanced, more culturally advanced than anyone else on the planet, what they would still do is pick their leaders by ritual combat. Right. Right. After thousands of years. Really? Yeah. And then when someone who is clearly evil wins, we would just go along with that right. because that's what we do because that's what our it there was so much of it that I was like is this am I really watching this? Is this really happening and are uh, black people really <laughs> okay with this being the theory? Yeah. And it was interesting that in a way that we try to take like, look, here's all this like African cultural stuff that we want to uh, like, what if we had a culture and there's, they're just still existing in this certain way, right? right? We, they're, they're taking their culture and they're, you know, owning it and get to have it and celebrate it and all this stuff. But, th but we're saying that like the result of that is that, they don't progress in any way right. at the same time. I thought that was like an offensive thing to say yeah. for a movie. Yeah, that I get it. What, what would I happen if African culture actually got like a giant influx of money Right, is that like they would just by choice still 
not culturally live the same way, like not keep their culture, but they would like by choice choose to be like a third world country, even though they weren't. Right. And it, yeah. it was, I thought it was super weird. And, and it's, <laughs> it's so pervasive throughout everything that if you happens, look at it, if you right? look at it like that it actually is through the whole film that you could argue um that you could argue that that's representing i di- i didn't see it that way uh for me the stuff that's really interesting is almost in line with a lot of why i like the dark knight you know there's there's real world things being filtered through like a fantasy realm and some of the stuff that's really interesting to me here is it was interesting to see T'Challa uh, question his own privilege in the world. You know, I'm right, I'm like right. I'm nitpicking like almost the best parts of the film. I like his his questioning his role in the world as a whole, his role as a ruler, his role as a person, even as a suitor. And I liked how um, what would have been easily a stereotypical like romancing between him and his ex right was almost like just primarily used as a punchline like there was really no chance of this right. big relationship and then she gets kidnapped and then now he's got to go find the green goblin to get gwen like yeah, nothing yeah. like that i liked how it didn't maintain that predictableness even though the crazy predictability of the film which is i got you know in the end i'm gonna fight somebody who has my same powers yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. these things you know th- i'm i didn't I didn't love them, but I didn't hate them. I just was kind of disengaged and it wasn't a cultural thing as a white guy watching what's supposed to be a incredibly well-received and welcome black film right. for black audiences, it, which well, I have to kind of just, well, there was a lot of it that agree. was so obvious. Like you said. Uh, again, yeah. it, you know, but some of the stuff that I really like, like what you just hit on is, um, and you make a good point about like, you know, we're the most advanced civilization on the planet. Truly, like they make Tony Stark look like he's playing with Lincoln Logs. Right. The vibranium stuff that they can do, which I absolutely hated. Which is everywhere. And it's, they show you the big, when they show you like that mine and the trains yeah, right. and stuff, it's like, there has to be like a million people here. Right. 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 The, just because look how sure. deep that goes. Why they're not all flying <laughs> with jetpacks, I don't know. But right. Right. Just, and, and it's, it stood out to me so much that he starts to think, like you said, about his privileged place sure. in the world because he's flying around right. in the and little cars, got, well, but but he never says anything about his privileged place over his own people. The, people. With, with right. the other people, they don't have they, like houses. Why don't they I have? Liked, why don't they have an <laughs> actual house? Right. But just they have their culture still. Right. In so why do they have to live in a hut still? There's so much great <laughs> world building for Wakanda. I liked the film the most the first 40 minutes, you know, when everything was being introduced a little breezily at first too. And a little, um, a little wink, wink kind of like the first five minutes to catch you up with the last 2000 years of Wakandan history is right. Very accelerated, but okay. And it's done with a great visual, but I like the stuff that happens where you have this established, you know, kind of, uh, leadership, whether it's a, you know, the monarchy and you mortal combat, the winner wins, you have to be of a bloodline. Sure. And then you get an outsider who comes in and disrupts everything. Cause he's a, uh, you know, he's a sociopath. I guess that's an easy way to paint it. I kind of like how that feels with today's climate of real world political stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, you had a system that was supposed to work a certain way and it did until you put someone in who didn't care about the system. And now you have these repercussions. Like what right. do you do when the king is mad? You obey the king, you know, what, what are the consequences to that? Like it, 
it hints at these things and breezes past them, but not in a clumsy way, kind of in a, I have to hit the next topic way. And I still found that stuff interesting. The interesting stuff kind of stopped for me though, like you, when there were big battles, especially the end battle. I don't care about battle rhinos. I could care less about that, but I get that that's, you know, maybe symbolic and amusing in a way uh, for African culture that I, I don't understand. So I concede that. Right. Why the hell didn't everybody, why the hell didn't his sister, uh, Shuri, why the hell didn't she just take those other two Black Panther necklaces, throw them on Denai and her, and right. whoop the shit out of everybody? Right. Why didn't T'Challa, when he has the cool new suit that is designed to absorb kinetic energy, store it, and then release it. Why was he running away from blasts? Why didn't right, he just... Right. Like, when I'm watching the battle and I'm thinking, yeah, I would never do any of that. There's a lot of it that does not uh, it, it's build so, its own world It's so well weirdly. Enough. It doesn't understand yeah. what it just laid before you, and it doesn't utilize what I'm thinking I would do, and I haven't been and, training to be Black Panther. Right, and she invented like the thing things. with the train mm-hmm. that has the right. special take away the vibranium powers, and yep. yet she has not turned that into some sort of weapon, weapon. of its own right. to just stand there and go, he, you have no powers. The, that's... That's insanity. It's an, it's such a weird dichotomy of feeling because I liked the story very much. I liked the cast almost entirely. I think they all did great. I liked watching them all. I just was bored when it when it invested so much in the action that didn't seem to matter or make sense based right, on what right. I knew about the rules. And I absolutely hate the the god aspect of this one space or can do everything, you know, but it does everything we need for bad storytelling. Right, right. I'm lazy. It's vibranium. This right. does it. Like, it does absolutely everything. I like it when it's a throwaway as, joke. As long as I need it to do this. As long as I fine. need it to yeah. be able to create this, then that's fine. But I'm not going to use it the way I would if it really created this. Right, that right. It doesn't make right. any sense. So it's it's a terribly frustrating movie for me. But I have to concede that, you know, more often than not, when you see society react in a way that you know that the black population seems to do for this i guess you know they're selling tickets to the film in churches and in you know right, right for for events like this typically it's like selma or some other really important black film that is historically or provocatively accurate you know to see this for a superhero movie is big and to see these kids who are like looking at posters and like that's me yeah you know i mean I that, get that that is I, cool i really understand yeah. that i just wish it had been as effective as it could have been. And I think it really could have been right. elevated. I think it, it could have, it's just uh, so frustrating. it could have paid more attention to, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, more level to the story instead of just saying it like, yeah. like at the very end, right. When, uh, right. when the guy dies, right. spoiler, there's a guy yeah, who dies. Right, right. I spoiled <laughs> that. Um, and, and it's like so much of the movie is built so that he can deliver that line. Mm hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Right. That doesn't actually connect to anything. Right. Right. That is just, you know, like this you, thing we want to put on bumper stickers or something, but it's not really connected to the situation that we've created right. or the world that we've created or anything else. Right. And <laughs> and there's so much of the movie that's like that. It's like, this is what I want to say right now. So whether that fits with the story or not. Mm-hmm. Whether we're going to spend the time to develop the story in such a way that it makes sense to say that right, right now, right. it doesn't matter. I just want to say this right now. There's some thoughtful, truly engaging social political things that are happening here, and I'm not reading too far into it. There's a dispensable line at the end that always 
you know, that when I saw it stuck with me, Martin Freeman is a, you know, he's one of the only white people in the film. He's a CIA agent that helps uh, the Wakandans. And later at like this United Nations gathering, he's in the back of the room and King T'Challa is talking about how he's going to share the gifts of Wakanda with people and they're making a joke. And one of the lines he says is, you know, I've, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, my eyes have been open to the world's plights and struggles. And I think it's time we share our gifts with everyone in, in order to help our fellow humans. We need to uh, build bridges instead of building barriers, which is clearly a political touchline for president Trump. And it immediately cuts to the only white guy in the room who winks and nods like, yeah. And I mean, there's just such weird, subtle, whether you agree with his politics or not, like there's so many things like that that are happening in the film, both, Politically, but even even Shuri, when uh, they bring Martin Freeman in and she says, she has that throwaway line like, oh, great, another broken white boy we got to right, fix. Right, right. And you realize if you'd seen the the uh, end credit stuff before that Captain America had brought the Winter Soldier there for yeah. safekeeping. And that joke took about 20 seconds to hit me. And I went, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right, there's, right. There's some real interesting layers and thoughtful stuff here. I just wish the attention for those jokes were more narratively driven you know, right. throughout. I, w- I would have been over the moon about it. Right. But I'm not. All right. So that's Black Panther. And uh, we've actually got to get out of here. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to us for another week. And uh, we will see you again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.